Do it sound like I'm quiet to you? As loud as I'm hollering, you call me quiet? Well, this is a report. I'm hollering loud because I can back up every word. And I'll whoop any man in the world, and I want everybody out there on TV to know it. I am the greatest. The referee stops the fight. It'll be scored as a technical knockout. Muhammad Ali retains a hit. So I'm Jonathan Ike, and this is Chasing Ali. One day, a couple of years ago, I was having lunch in Hyde Park at a Middle Eastern restaurant with Sophia Muhammad. She's the granddaughter of Elijah Muhammad and the daughter of Herbert Muhammad. And Herbert Muhammad was Ali's manager and dear friend for many years. And uh, some would say the man who ripped off Ali more than anyone else, but also perhaps the man that Ali loved more than anyone else. Um, We're having lunch and she was telling me stories about growing up in the family of Elijah Muhammad and what her grandfather and what her grandmother were like. And she brought along some things that she was hoping to sell me, I believe. She had a, an, a record uh, of Ali's that was autographed, and she had some cool pictures of Ali with her father. And I told her I wasn't really interested in buying any memorabilia. But um, as we were leaving, she said, oh, I have Muhammad Ali's um, brain scans in the car in my trunk. Would you be interested in seeing those? I said, you had what in the what? Um, she, yeah, I have Ali's brain scans in, in the trunk of my car. My, she said, my father took Ali to Damascus to see a doctor there that they thought might be able to cure his Parkinson's. And I was cleaning up the house and I found this giant envelope filled with the MRIs from their visit to this, to this hospital in, in Damascus. And uh, she asked me if I'd like to see them. And I said, uh, yeah, I definitely would like to see them. And so we go out to the parking lot, and she opens the trunk, and there's this big white folder with uh, must be 10 or 12 big sheets. Each sheet has like 20 different images of Ali's brain on it. And I thought, wow, could I borrow these and show them to a neurologist and, and see if they tell us anything about the status of Ali's brain? And she said, yeah, sure, you could borrow them. So I, I took them, and I uh, showed them to a neurologist friend and sent them to a couple of other neurologists and um, got me thinking, you know, what do we know? They, they, they didn't really tell that much. There, was, there were signs of, of, there were troubling signs in these MRIs. And these were taken in the 90s after Ali's career was over. Uh, and there was definitely signs that there were abnormalities in his brain, the kind of abnormalities that are associated with head injury. But that got me thinking, you know, what do we know about all these head injuries? How much can we tell? It's an important part of the story. Um, he was boxing. Obviously, boxers are in the business of causing concussions. That's the name of the game. You're supposed to concuss your opponent. Um, today, we're much more sensitive about head injuries, and we try to protect athletes. But we're, we're not really protecting boxers at all. We're still trying to concuss them as much as possible. That's still the goal in the sport. But Ali didn't um, fight in an era when there was that kind of awareness. And it occurred to me that charting the health of his brain and charting the, um, the damage done from boxing was going to be an important part of my book. So the first thing I thought about is, wow, how many times was he hit in the head? You know, can we actually figure it out? And I called a guy named Bob Canobio who runs a company called CompuBox. And if you watch boxing on TV right now, You'll see at the end of every round, they'll tell you how many punches were thrown, how many were landed. They'll tell you the number of power shots, power punches uh, versus the number of jabs. They can tell you career statistics on boxers, just like they can for baseball players and their batting average. They can tell you the average number of punches that this fighter connects with. And 
I thought, wow, if they've got all those stats on on modern punchers, modern boxers, I wonder if they could go back and do it for Ali. Bob loved the idea and thought, well, if, if Ali's fights are on film, then we can go back and we can count all the punches. It turned out that almost all of Ali's fights are on film. You have to have the complete fight, obviously, to be able to count all the punches. Um, so we were able to find complete footage for something like 95% of all of Ali's fights. And, and Bob and his um, team at CompuBox set out to count every punch in Muhammad Ali's career. And um, I'm not going to tell you in detail what those numbers reveal because that's in the book and uh, you have to wait till the release of the book. But if you go to um, ChasingAliPodcast.com, you can see some of those stats. And I have to tell you, they blew my mind. I took those numbers and I extrapolated. So if we know how many times Ali was punched in those fights, we should be able to extrapolate and figure out how many times he was punched over the course of his career, if you include, including his amateur career, including exhibitions, and including sparring. Um, now, sparring is, is really the big category, because before a fight, a, a fighter will, will spar for dozens of rounds, hundreds of rounds sometimes, to get ready. And in those fights, um, they, they, do, they, they absorb a lot of punishment. Um, Ali was of the opinion that you could build up resistance to punches in the same way you can build up resistance to spicy food, you know, if you eat enough of it. So he would encourage his sparring partners to hit him, and he would not wear headgear, and he would not even really try to avoid the punches. He believed you could build up resistance to punches the same way you build up calluses on your hands. He would just let these very large, very strong men hit him in the head, hit him in the gut as often as they could. And he would encourage them. He'd say, come on, is that the best you got? Come on, show me what you got. And, and he would just sit up against the ropes and, and absorb this. And he believed that when he went in to fight Joe Frazier and George Foreman, that he would be stronger and better able to take their punches because he prepared for it. But this is also doing damage to his brain over and over. And I ended up calculating, and people will argue with me, and I say, bring it on. I'm calculating that he probably took more than 200,000 punches in the course of his career, if you include exhibitions and sparring. And you compare that to an a- average you know, NFL lineman or quarterback, and we're talking, you know, there's no comparison. I think um, you know, maybe a, a, a professional football player would take you know, 10,000 blows to the head over the course of a career. The point is that, that Ali was, was just absorbing an enormous amount of punishment and that it was doing damage to his, to his head. And um, then I thought, well, I wonder if there's any way to measure the actual effect on his brain. Like, I have these MRIs. Can we look at MRIs from earlier in his career and compare them? Could we look at MRIs from later in his life and compare them? What other ways are there to diagnose whether Ali was starting to suffer brain damage during his boxing career? And then I read a story in the New York Times um, about some scientists at Arizona State who analyzed Ronald Reagan's speech patterns over the course of his presidency to see if they could show when Reagan began to show evidence of Alzheimer's. Based on his speech rate, based on his vocabulary, they found that um, he probably started showing symptoms of Alzheimer's in his, in his first term. And um, they did that by, by calculating how many syllables per minute he was using and how many unique vocabulary words and how much his mouth actually moved. They, can, they could chart all this just from watching his press conferences. So I called those guys at Arizona State and I asked them if they could do the same thing for Ali and sent them hundreds of YouTube videos of Ali 
um, and I arrange them chronologically. So press conferences, TV interviews, um, post-fight interviews, everything you know, everything I could in which he's speaking clearly. Um, and I sent those to these scientists at Arizona State, and they used the same program that they did to analyze Reagan's speech to look at, at Ali. And what they found was, was startling. And again, I, I'm not going to give it all away because we have a scientific paper being published in September that will have all the details of that study. But the results were shocking. Ali, over the course of uh, the, the 70s, was losing his speaking ability. Um, this is while he's still in the prime of his career from 1970 to 1980. You can see severe loss in his speaking ability. And you can chart it even as fight by fight. In certain fights, uh, like the Ernie Shavers fight, uh, which was just a horrible, horrible thing to watch. Ali wins the fight, but he takes such a beating. And you can see a particularly sharp drop in his speaking ability after that fight. And it, it was it was so sad to me. And And the saddest thing, I think, of all was that Ali knew that he was suffering this damage. He talked about it. And, you know, I go back, I went back and I read newspaper articles and magazine articles from the from these fights, and reporters didn't make a big deal of it because it wasn't the kind of thing that people were really aware of. You know, CTE wasn't in the news back then. But Ali was talking about the fact that he, that people around him were complaining that they couldn't understand him. He would say, do you think I'm mumbling? Does it sound like... Um, like, I'm not speaking clearly because people tell me they can't understand me. His parents were telling him, you know, you know, something's wrong with you. You're mumbling, Ali. What's, what's, what? Talk clear. And they would yell at him, talk clear. We can't understand you. And, and he began to wonder if, if it was possibly caused by fighting. And he began to say, do you think I'm getting brain damage from this? And yet he continued fighting, you know, even after that Ernie Shavers fight where people told him, you know, you're, 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 you're hurting yourself. Um, Ferdy Pacheco, his, his doctor refused to have anything to do with Ali after that. He said, if you continue fighting, I'm not going to be in the corner for you anymore. Um, so Ali knew what was happening, and he continued fighting and continued to take this punishment. And it goes back to those punch stats that I talked about. Over the last part of his career, he's taking more and more damage. He's absorbing more and more punches. He's using that ability to take a punch as a weapon. He knows that if he just takes enough punishment, his opponents will get tired, and he'll win the fight in the late rounds. And it was a successful formula as a boxer, but it was a disastrous formula as a human being, and it, it cost Ali. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's one of the, the real tragic pieces of his story. And um, I don't know. I, you know, I, 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 ask, I'm, I ask myself whether it's worth it. Ali was asked at times whether it was worth it. He said he would do it all over again. He said he would, he would never change a thing. He would fight just as long as he fought. Um, he was doing it for the money at the end, which, you know, makes it even more sad. But when he was retired, when he was suffering from Parkinson's, when he was really losing his ability to speak and his hands were trembling and he, and he walked with, uh, you know, with this um, very slow gait and shuffle, he still continued to say he wouldn't change a thing. He would have, he would have done it all again if he had the chance. You can watch some of the footage from that terribly brutal Ernie Shavers fight on ChasingAliPodcast.com and I'm saving some of the statistics and some of the um, information about Ali's head injuries for my book which is called Ali A Life Um, but if you go to my website now ChasingAliPodcast.com you can get a little tease in our next episode I'm going to talk about uh, Ali the boxer Um, let's celebrate what he was best at